Welcome to the Adoption Today podcast. I'm Carrie Wilds. I'm Karen Lear. We do real talk on adoption and this journey called parenting. 125 bucks. Hi. Hey, Meredith. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Adoption Today. And our guest today is Meredith Emmerich, and she is one of my dear, dear friends from college. And I actually knew her and Tyler before they got married, before you were dating even. Yep. (laughs) Years and years ago. And they have a beautiful family and they have adopted a little boy from China. So we're going to kind of talk about their story and their process and everything. So, um, so thanks so much for joining us, Meredith. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Welcome. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you're in much colder weather than we are. Yeah, it's about 35 degrees here, so... Oh, <laughs> no, no. And where are you? Uh, we live in Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. I yep. Madison. I only will go there in the summer. <laughs> yep. There's a saying you live in Madison nine months out of the year so that you can experience June, July, and August. <laughs> so. Yes. It is a balmy 84 here. In oh, my gosh. Yeah. It <laughs> feels hotter somehow. Yes. We cannot <laughs> complain at all. That is for sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, your family before you guys had adopted your sweet, cute family. Yeah. Um, so we got married 14 years ago, and um, <clears throat> we – lived in Chicago for almost 10 years and then we moved up to Madison Um, and while we were in Chicago we had two little boys um, Quinn who just turned 10. Oh my gosh he's 10? I know I know it's crazy and then Tate who is going to turn eight at the beginning of November so um, and then we just kind of always um wanted to keep expanding our family, but I didn't ever want to be pregnant again. So um, uh, we decided to um, start the process of adopting. Um, We decided to go internationally. Um, We get that question all the time. Like, why didn't you do foster care to adopt or adopt here in the States? There's so many babies. And we're like, well, um, it's just what we felt like we needed to do and where we needed to go. Um, and so in, I think it was September of 2013, we started the process to, um, expand our family. And, uh, then in July, after lots and lots of paperwork and training and meetings, um, we got a call right before I was supposed to go on a work trip for 10 days. Um, we got a call with a referral for a little boy who um, was ready to come home to his forever family. And it was um, Lewis. And um, I, you know, looked at his picture and it was almost um, literally love at first sight. Um, And so we talked about it and um, I had to go on my trip and they gave us two weeks to decide. So 10 out of the 14 days that I was supposed to be making this life changing decision for so many people, I was not with the person I was supposed to be making the decision, which, (laughs) which was, which was awesome. 
Um, so we sent his paperwork to, there's an adoption clinic in Milwaukee and they will refer or will look over all the paperwork, both um, read it in Chinese and in English and look at any pictures or videos and sort of give you an assessment of what they think is going on with the child and whether or not, you know, any hurdles that they can foresee for you just based on the medical paperwork. And um, she called, the nurse practitioner called me back while I was on my work trip. And she was like, you know what, this kid is basically perfect. And I was like, awesome. (laughs) And so um, I called Tyler and we talked for a little while. And then I said, well, you know, he's perfect, but do we want a girl? And Tyler was like, well, I don't know. And I said, but he's perfect. And he said, well, then he's perfect. And so we decided while we were completely separate <laughs> that Lewis or um, he didn't have Lewis as his name at the time, but um, that Lewis was going to be a part of our family. And um, so that was in the middle of July and we got our travel documents in October, and then we traveled to get him at the beginning of December in 2015. So, wow! So that was so from when you started your paperwork <clears throat> to when you got his picture in an email. How long was that? How long um, was that? that was about 18 months, maybe a little bit more, maybe like okay. 20 months. So okay. the whole thing took two years and three months. So. Okay. But but when you got his picture, it wasn't too much longer after that that you were able to travel? Right. No, it it goes fairly quickly after that. I think we could have traveled in November, but just family-wise and other issues, we couldn't do it in November. So we waited until the beginning of December. Um, But he was home by Christmas. So that was pretty awesome. So that was the first child that you potentially had could have a match with, right? No, we had gotten okay. two other referrals um, mm-hmm. before that, um, two other little boys. The first one, um, it was literally two weeks after I think our paperwork arrived in China. Um, it was crazy fast. We were not expecting it that fast. And it was actually the same weekend that my aunt passed away. Um, after a really long illness and we just were not I was not in the frame of mind to be making that kind of decision Um, and there's always a sort of a time frame that you have to make the decision in and we just didn't feel like we could choose that while we were grieving and trying to figure out funeral details and things like that so Mm -hmm. um, and then the second little boy um, he was absolutely you know the sweetest face and we just had the we had the medical evaluation done and it seemed like um from what the medical people could see and understand that the paperwork did not actually match what his presenting problems were and those presenting problems seemed to be fairly significant and um fairly brain oriented um and we just felt like with the two little boys, because Quinn and Tate were five and three at the time, we felt like we couldn't take on a bunch of gigantic unknowns at that point. Um, so we had to say no. And I, just to be completely honest, was 
heartbroken and guilty and just felt like, well, why can't I? Like, why shouldn't we? Why, why doesn't this work out? Like, um, but I was able to sort of process through that with our social worker. And um, I mean, intellectually, I understood all those answers, but like my heart was just broken um for this little boy that just wasn't the right fit for us and uh so we said no and then two months later um we got the referral for Lewis so yeah and I think I mean I I think that that's a really really important point and it's you know I think you know I think you can feel you know guilty and sad especially when you see that little face and you're like well, I want him to be a part of our family, but person. Yeah, yeah, he's maybe not, you know, the best fit or what potentially God has for you. So I think that's really um, positive and really cool that the social worker could kind of help you work through that. Um, yeah, because I think you have to take your whole family into account. Yeah. You know, like you said, like you have two really active, busy boys. I have a son. I know what they're like, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, when they're going, going, going and you're like, well, hold on. Like, I don't know if I can manage all of that. I mean, I think you have to take your whole family into account when, whenever you make a decision. Like, adopt. yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I think that's good for people like who are contemplating any adoption from you know anywhere like hearing that because I don't think that's necessarily something that you think of is that you might turn down a child because they might not be the best fit for your family but reality is like even if they're not there's a child out there that is and that specific child that wasn't a good fit for your family will be a perfect fit for another family right yeah and I mean we've had this conversation because when you I think it's probably similar in lots of different processes on adoption. You have to fill out what you're willing to deal with and what you're, you know, you feel comfortable taking in. And, you know, we've had the conversation, well, if this was our first, if this was our only, we feel like we could take a completely different set of needs, but because we already have two um, or three, we can't take on things that will require them to possibly have to take on a long-term care role in the rest of their life or, or we don't feel like we can do that at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so there are things that are just off the table for us already having children here and not wanting to um, not necessarily, the word isn't burden, but compromise things for them in order to take on um, a really significant other thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, again, just a really hard thing to sit with and to, to be okay with and to sort of lay down that, you know, this isn't, it's not our role to save anyone and it's not our role to, um, to be the family for every kid. So, um, yeah. Very true. Yeah, definitely. And then I think, you know, like, so two months after that, then you did have the perfect fit for your family. Right. <laughs> right. Roller coaster, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so throughout our paperwork process, there were some hiccups and, um, we missed a training that, um, 
was only every six months. And so we were basically bumped back an extra six months that we were not planning on. And me being me and being somewhat of a type A control freak, um, I was super frustrated and super just like, this is not acceptable. This is not okay. But um, after we found Lewis or Lewis found us or however you want to put it, um, I realized that if we had been on my timeline, Lewis wasn't even born yet and wouldn't have been a part of the referral system. But when it all worked out, Lewis was, um, he was available. So I have learned in all of this, and I learn this every day of my life uh, in any manner of things, that my timing is not usually the timing that's probably the best. And (laughs) um, that I just need to have patience with the process and trust that um, the right kid is going to be, um, there and we're going to be the right family for that right kid. So, yeah, I think that's a thread that has been woven throughout pretty much all of our different stories. And, and that's what makes it amazing. I think is because you learn so much personally from it and you're just heading in a direction that you feel like you're supposed to, and you don't have control over all of it, but the right thing, if you're available and are seeking the right decision is going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. So when you guys, so then you guys went, so you got his picture, you said yes, Mm -hmm. and you got all your travel documents and everything. How does that go with, are they like, okay, now you need to come and be here for two weeks. Like, how does that process go of coming in country? Well, um, so you get all your, I mean, it's kind of a mad dash to get all the right paperwork in because your visas only have a certain period um, before you use them and then while you're there and things like that. So it it depends on whatever country it is. Um, And I think we started applying for um, everything in October or maybe it was late September um, with the hope of traveling in November. And then that didn't quite work out because we had some other issues going on. And so then we were bumped back to the first trip in December. They sort of schedule, I think it's um, one trip a month. And then uh, depending on the volume of people that they need to travel, they may add another trip. So um, the agency sort of tries to book lots of people at the same time so that they can, number one, you can have a sense of community when you're there. And then number two, it's just how they do it. So they do it all at one time for, I think when we, at the end of our trip, we were with like maybe 40 other families. Um, So there was a lot of people at that time. Um, Were you all on this? Were you all on some of you on the same flights and stuff? Um, we were not on the same flights going over. So we chose the option of doing a little sightseeing and acclimating to the time change and everything before we went to um, our province. Um, so we flew into Beijing, um, did a little sightseeing, climbed the Great Wall, drank some Chinese tea. And um, and then we flew from Beijing to Lewis's um capital the capital city of his province which was um taiyuan i'm sure i'm butchering it i do not have a chinese language ear um (laughs) i wish i did so often but i do not um 
So we flew there and then we were at a hotel with three other families who were also adopting um, from that um, province. And so we um, did everything as a group. We had a guide who was just, uh, she was phenomenal. Um, And she took care of all the paperwork. She took care of all the travel to and from the different government offices. And um, so we were there for uh, just a few hours before we got our final paperwork. Um, We had pictures of him that we were given and he had a little mohawk in them. And um, we got an update on his latest stats and things. And then we, um, And then the next morning we went to this fairly nondescript office building um, in this fairly nondescript room. And it was us. And then I think there were maybe a couple other agencies that had two or three families each. So we were all just in this gigantic room and um, they started. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I was just going to say, you must've been so nervous. I was really nervous. Um, But at the same time, it was like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've had a biological baby and didn't know that baby. And then all of a sudden that baby's there. And um, it sort of felt in a way sort of like I was getting ready to give birth, but absolutely very physically different. But um, (laughs) yeah. um, And so all the babies started walking in with their caregivers and they just kept walking in and kept walking in and there was no baby that we recognized. And then all of a sudden they brought in this little boy who he was the last one through the door and we totally didn't, he didn't look like the pictures that they had given us the night before. And so we were just completely like, what? Oh, hi. (laughs) I mean, it was just so almost just like it took some of the nervousness out because we just were so shocked. Um, And then his caregiver handed him to us. She patted him on the back and Um, When he turned around to look at us, she just walked right back out the door. And um, he didn't really understand because he was only 17 months old at this point. Um, And he just sort of looked at us and wasn't really sure what was going on. I had brought a couple of toys and some Cheerios with us. And so he sat in Tyler's lap and played with Cheerios and or played with the train that we had brought and, um, ate the Cheerios and I was signing paperwork on the floor in a dress <laughs> kneeling on the floor and we I mean it was just complete chaos complete chaos in that room because there was like 20 kids b- meeting brand new families and being left by the people the only people that they had ever known <laughs> it was just it was a madhouse um wow but- as a photographer I would love to like photograph that yeah because I can't even like you can't even like even describing it like emotions yeah I mean just see yeah we have a parents faces and the kid I mean I can't even like fathom what that would feel like yeah there was a a woman who was traveling by herself because her husband had to stay at home with their four kids Um, and her friend who was a photographer had come with her and so she was taking lots of pictures Um, and so yeah it's um it's a very interesting sort of dynamic um, in that room because there's just all this stuff going on um, and the kids sort of know each other if they're from the same orphanage or if they've been together before. And, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out how to interact with the other little people in the room, but then also like, who are these strangers that are talking to me and I don't understand. And uh, 
he was pretty good for most of it, but then he started crying and uh, he didn't stop crying for a very long time. Um, Our first family picture together is of him screaming and trying to get out of my arms with Tyler and I just smiling into the camera. And (laughs) it's a ridiculous picture, but it was exactly how it was. Like he was just, he was terrified. He had no idea what was going on. And um, so then we had to walk to another um, space and have pictures taken for our uh, Chinese paperwork. And um, he cried the entire way that I was, when I carried him, he cried through that picture. Um, He cried all the way back to the uh, government building. And we got on the bus to go back to the hotel and he had, just basically cried himself out like he was just he had just he just passed out and um he was so tired and so overwhelmed and so all the things um and I just kept holding him I think at one point I started to cry a little bit because it was just like he won't stop I don't know what to do oh <laughs> um, so overwhelming yeah yeah I mean it's definitely um an intense day Um, And I think by the time we got back to the hotel, it was, you know, dinner time ish. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. So he at the time that we brought him home on his paperwork the night before it said that he couldn't feed himself, but that he could hold the bottle himself. And we were like the bottle. He's 17 months old because you don't usually give bottles to kids that are over one in America. And so we were like, what? And luckily I had brought a bunch of different like sippy cups and bottles and things. So we had something, but we didn't have any um, extra formula. And another mom who had done it before had brought formula packets with her. So we were able to borrow one of those. And, um, and so I fed him his first bottle and, but he really didn't want anything to do with me for the most part um, for quite a while. Um, he would let Tyler do everything for him, but um, he really didn't, he wasn't a big fan of me um, for for quite a while. Um, but when we got him back to the hotel, we realized that he had on like four layers of clothing, like huge, big, puffy, heavy clothing, and that his shoes were about six sizes too big and... Um, so we stripped him down and when you, you know, we got him down to the bottom layer and it was this little like light white PJ set that was just like cotton PJs. And he looked about 30 pounds lighter. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it, we still have the clothes that he came home in and it's just shocking. I don't even know if they would fit him now as a four-year-old. Like, I mean, they were just gigantic and, um, you know, it was, it was crazy. So I remember when you posted those pictures and you were like, you posted a picture of like when you met him, like with all the clothes on and then you took all the clothes off and you're like, and he did look like a totally different kid. Yep. Like, you know, like it reminds me of like the little boy from a Christmas story when he's in that big, like (laughs) puffy outfit. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was crazy how much smaller he looked when he was done. Um, and that first night was he was just trying to figure out where he was and why he was with these people that didn't look like him and he had no idea who they were but we had these um stacking cup toys that they're like uh 
bright colors and you can stack them and then you can also make them into balls like they they click together and those were like the biggest hit he just giggled and laughed and played with those and it was just it was so such a relief just to see him like just being a little boy instead of terrified and um it was just really um, it was a really sweet moment in the midst of some really intense, heavy stuff all day. And um, I had forgotten that little little people love peekaboo. And so there were huge curtains in our hotel room and um, he would go behind them and put his head out. And he we would say peekaboo and he would just giggle. And um, so, yeah, we we had our first night together and he wasn't really sure about getting in the crib and going to sleep, but um, we had sent a book um, of pictures of our family in our home um, to him. It was like a board book um, before we, we let, we went. That's one of the things you get to do. You get to send a small toy, a book of pictures, and then anything else that is small that you would like them to have before you arrive. And, he didn't want to get in the bed, but then when he saw his little book, he went and got that and held it. And that was sort of his comfort item for a while, um, which was really sweet because you knew that they had read it to him and showed him the pictures. And I don't think he put together that we were the people in the book, but uh, but that was he loved that little book and he wouldn't go to sleep without it. Um, so our first night he slept really well and um yeah he he took a little while to warm up to me he was instantaneously Tyler's like from the minute one but um and I think a large part of that is just because even though he was tiny and didn't understand so much of the trauma and loss in his life had been brought on by women who had left him um uh, yeah and, totally even, sense. and even though I wasn't I didn't look like those women. I was still the the woman in the picture, and that that was weird for him. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he warmed up to me, we were fine. But any, it was, it was interesting. Any um, Chinese woman while we were there that would talk to him, he wasn't really sure about, and would sort of scoot closer to Tyler. I when that happened. Um, so I, you know, it's amazing because adoption is born out of loss and it so much um so much of it is without them understanding especially when they're this little but like he got it and he his body reacted and his brain reacted to things that he wouldn't have ever been able to understand but like we watched it happen um what did tyler think of it because tyler's so like quiet and like yeah nice i can't like like how did he react to like that in terms of like you know Lewis kind of attaching to him first oh I mean I think he loved it um (laughs) I don't think he was necessarily like proud or or gloating about it but like I think he's just always used to babies wanting their mamas and the fact that this new baby wanted him first was kind of special for him and I yeah it wasn't like a I didn't feel threatened or anything I was just sort of letting it happen but like he was he was pretty excited to spend time with Lewis and um they played together so much and uh 
Lewis is a mover and has always been a mover. And they had told us that in his paperwork that he loves to be outside and to move. And um, when we were in country was um, when they were having the big um, smog scare back then. And, um, and uh, so we couldn't really be outside that much. So he and Tyler, he would grab Tyler's hand and walk to the door and just stand there and wait for Tyler to open the door. And they walked the halls of our (laughs) hotel. I, I mean, I think 800 <laughs> times just this tiny little person holding on to this gigantic white guy's hand walking through the <laughs> walking through the halls of this crazy hotel. They rode the elevator, they explored all the places and um so what a good yeah. Dad, right? yeah, yeah, he was Aww. he's he has always been a good dad, but he definitely um was living the dream. <laughs> Be, being the being the preferred person for a while so yeah so then how long were you guys how long were you guys there before you actually got to come home um so we were in his province for I think three or four days and then we had to fly to Guangzhou um which is on the coast um to go to the U.S. consulate and do all the U.S. side of the paperwork so in the um in the province you do all the Chinese paperwork and then when you get to Guangzhou you do um all the American paperwork. And so we had to have um, a medical exam done and we had to apply for the visas and then we had to wait. Um, so much of what you do is you just wait on all the paperwork while you're there. So the process of adoption could also just be called waiting. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, That's you true. just wait. Um, and so we had, you know, different appointments throughout the day but most of every day was just sort of open so when we were in Guangzhou we did a lot of sightseeing we went to um the zoo the uh the zoo there is free um no it's not free I'm sorry it's um it's just it's huge like it's bigger than any zoo of course because it's China everything is bigger and there are more people everywhere and um but we got to see pandas and um just explore a little bit. And then there's just, yeah, all this waiting that you do. And so you sort of have to fill your time. So we went shopping. Um, There was all these Christmas decorations, which is crazy um, that we, you know, would walk by and we went to a shopping mall that was, I think 12 stories high. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we just, sort of killed time while we were waiting on all the paperwork to come back. Um, and then, so I think we left on like the third or fourth of December, his adoption day was December 5th and, or no seventh, excuse me. And then, um, we were home by the 17th of December. So we were with him a total of 10 days. Um, a lot of that was travel and, um, things like that. So and waiting, you guys, and waiting. Yes. You guys must've been so tired you came back we we were so tired um (laughs) so the the whole um adage about uh jet lag you need an a day to get over every hour that the that there was the time difference and we were 14 hours uh time different and I think it literally took us that full two weeks to truly feel like we were 
back to normal time. And how, how was Lewis doing with that transition? Like, when did you start to think, okay, he kind of understands where he is. He's kind of not so terrified anymore. When did that happen? You know, he, he really attached quite quickly and quite easily, I think, compared to other stories that I've heard. Um, I would say by the time we were, we took the plane to Guangzhou that we were, um, that he was ours. I mean, he, he was just, yeah. I mean, honestly, there wasn't a ton of adjustment in that. There wasn't a lot of sleeping that happened. (laughs) There was a a lot of like, just trying to figure out the different rhythms, but um, he, you know, did really well. He really was at the point where he didn't want to be without me very quickly. And then, um, when we got home, I did a lot of wearing of him in the house. Like I did laundry and all the things. Um, so. Yeah, that's a good way to bond. I've heard. Yeah. How did the boys react when they met him? Um, they were super excited. Um, they, you know, were the first night we came home, they took him to his room and showed him all his toys and um, were just really excited to have him. And then I think it took them each um, their own sort their personalities came through really well because my older one is sort of um, he's not he's not aloof, but he's also not like a caretaker in his nature. And so it took him a while to sort of figure out um, how to interact with this new little person, because the only brother he's ever been with had been with most of his, you know, memory and understanding and was basically his equal, even though he was two years younger. But then this new baby came in and instead of easing in with a new like you usually do when you have a younger sibling we came he came charging in the doors a 17 month old who wants to play with all your toys and get in all your stuff and so yeah. it uh was definitely a different dynamic for him and uh but our second one is just a natural caretaker and he immediately just wanted to help do everything and um comfort lewis when he was upset and um, things like that. So it's been interesting to watch them all sort of um, come together and, um, and figure each other out. Now, I mean, they're darn near indistinguishable as to, you know, that they haven't been together their whole lives. So um, it's good. You know, our oldest really wanted to recreate. There's a picture of him with Tate when Tate came home from the hospital in a chair that we have. And he wanted to recreate that with Lewis immediately, like the morning after Aww. Lewis got home. And so it was, uh, it's very cute. So they are excited. Um, they were excited to see his picture when we first, um, you know, decided. And then they told everybody everything, all, all the things. And so... <laughs> Um, yeah, and they kept their classes informed on all the different, you know, things about Lewis that they knew. And so they've been, they've been big champions of him and have been really excited about him. I mean, they're brothers, so they're, <laughs> there's <is> that <laughs> some, uh, some definite tensions sometimes, but 
it's mainly just because they're brothers and that's how you are with siblings so yeah I love how little kids are like you know, like my girls, you know, since they're four, like everyone's their best friend. Or yeah. they'll be like, they're my best friend. Or, you know, they're so accepting. Yeah, whoever yeah. they meet, it's like, I want to hang out with them. They just want to play. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I wish as adults we could like be more like that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you think Lewis has any memory of that time at all? You know, I, I don't. Um, I think for a while um, when he would wake up, um, in the middle of the night and there was, I mean, it was, I would say almost probably nine months before we all slept through the night. Um, he would wake up, he woke up for a long time, multiple times a night and, um, would just be somewhat despondent and just really almost sad. It felt like to me, um, and I think a lot of that was because he was waking up in a space that he didn't remember. And it took him a really long time before that those memories got sort of dim and replaced. Um, I mean, he couldn't say anything. He couldn't express it to me, but that was my feeling was that he was really grieving and the grieving was mainly at night um, mm -hmm. because during the day he, you know, is with people and mm -hmm. doing things, but, at night, we, when he wakes up, he's not in the room that he's always slept in with, you know, how many of our kids there were in the other cribs. And he's just in a room by himself. And um, I think that was part of his process a little bit. I don't know how much he remembers of anything, if at all. Um, but he loves to talk about China. And, um, <clears throat> you know, he definitely still has things that are very much a part of who he was from the very beginning. Like he loves noodles with a passion unequaled to, <laughs> to anything else. Um, and uh, he calls them my Chinese noodles. And, um, you know, he knows he was born in China and that he came home. And we, I did a little book for him when he turned, when he was home for two years, um, just about his first two years with us. And, it's his book and he loves to hold that book and read that book. And, you know, kids love to hear their story. And mm -hmm. especially with a, a kid that has a very different story from the rest of his family, it's important to um, really encourage that story and to celebrate that story, even if it has really hard parts to it. Um, so yeah, and there's a couple other books in our house that are about adoption, and he also calls those his books, and he knows he's adopted. I don't think he has any idea what that means exactly, but yeah, um, yeah, we talk about it, and we haven't had any hard conversations because four-year-olds really don't have hard conversations, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure that they will come, and um, I'm sure that we will have to sit in some really hard stuff at some point, but he's just so far had a fairly amazing trajectory of attachment and bonding and um, just he's thriving and it's pretty amazing. And so like amazing parents. Oh, I mean, thank they you. are like, so like seriously, it just comes across like you're so like attached to him intuitive. I mean, you sound like you have an incredible bond with all of your kids, but like, that's just so sweet. It, 
it makes I don't know. I've like I've teared up what like four times. So sweet. It's just so it you guys sound like such a loving, happy family. Oh well thank you. Beautiful. We try. Yeah. We try. Yeah. Well and I think Meredith when I first texted you and I was like, Hey, I would love to have you on the podcast. Um she was Meredith was like oh by the way I don't think we I told you but we're actually in process to go back and adopt again <laughs> yeah, yeah we are yeah so tell us that'll have to be another episode for okay sure. okay um, absolutely we need, like live updates I know <laughs> I know but tell us where you're at in that kind of like your new you know process of what you guys are wanting to do to adopt. yeah so um <clears throat> when we brought Lewis home Tyler was was done three is enough we're we're not ever doing this again we're you know three is plenty three boys is enough we are we are filled to the max and (laughs) and I was like okay in the back of my mind going sure thing I'll just work on you for a while (laughs) because I just I don't know I just knew that it wasn't we weren't done um but he was pretty set on that and I was like okay that's fine um but I just kept having this feeling that Lewis needed someone that had a story that was similar to his. And um, I just kept having that feeling. I didn't necessarily have like a a clear picture of what that looked like, but it just kept sort of coming up for me. And I sort of kept bringing it up and we wouldn't argue about it or anything, but I would just mention it, you know, he really needs a buddy Um, because he, he's five, almost five years younger than Tate. So there's a significant gap and he has been alone for a very long time um, because the big kids are in school and he's not. And so, you know, I love being his mom, but I'm not a playmate, so to speak. And, um, and he's just very relational. And um, I think he would just thrive with someone that was right around his age because our older two have each other and they're close to each other and they've been friends or enemies, whatever you want to call, um, <laughs> for their whole lives. And so, you know, it just sometimes Lewis gets left out because he's the littlest and he's the youngest and he's not big enough to do the things. And so um, we just have Tyler finally came around <laughs> and, and uh, he was like, you know what, you're right. He really does need a buddy and um, not only in age, but also in just someone to sort of seek some answers with and somebody that looks like him because we don't look like him and, um, you know, someone to just be close to. Um, and maybe that won't work out. Maybe it'll be the complete opposite and they won't get along, but I, I'm tr- again, trusting the process that, <laughs> um, that whoever it is that we bring into our family again, will, um, again, be a natural fit and we'll just, be able to walk beside Lewis and um, that they will be able to sort of go through some things together and not feel completely alone. And um, mm-hmm. that, so you, and so you guys are in process. We are, again we are, China. our paperwork is already in country um, and we're just waiting. Um, right now we are on the list for a little girl um, because if you, um, pick open to either gender, then you really are going to get a boy because there's tons of boys that are um, needing homes and um, there's not tons of girls. So um, I think right now for our agency, the waiting time to referral is 
five to nine months for little boys and it's 11 to 13 months for little girls. So um, we're on the list for little girls because everybody in our life, um, including my husband and sons, um, want a little girl. I'm the, I'm the only one that's on the fence. (laughs) Um, Not because I don't want a little girl, but just because we know boys really well and we are in the boy lane and part of me is like, I don't want to have to learn how to do all the things with a little girl that I would have to. But, um, but I think a little bit of uh, diversity in the energy levels would be um, a good thing. (laughs) So um, we'll see how it all sort of pans out right now. Um, It feels like forever to wait for a little girl. Um, But we don't have to stay there. We can open ourselves up to either. Um, we can change it at any point. Um, so yeah, the waiting, the waiting is so not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we are just waiting. So we're hoping that sooner rather than later, we'll get to bring, um, number four home and have she or he, um, be a part of our family we had to talk to the boys about um everything pretty early on because of our home study um they had to be interviewed about our house and their parents and not anything formal but just you know we had to tell them that we were going to start adopting and they were assuming that the person would be home within like a month (laughs) yeah and then it was a year two years what is that to kids that's a lifetime they have no idea and then it was okay maybe by Christmas nope not by Christmas um so you know I would have loved for that person to be home by Christmas but (laughs) that's just not how it's gonna happen and so they ask us periodically you know when are we getting our new kid when are you getting (laughs) our new kid and we're like, we don't know. We don't know. Will you tell us? Will you let us help you decide? We will bring you in in the process. <laughs> you are not deciding, but we will, you know, ask you what you think and see oh, how it feels awesome. to you. And because Quinn very much, our oldest, very much remembers seeing the picture of Lewis for the first time um, and just knowing that he was going to be his brother. Like he holds on to that. And it's, it's a funny memory because he was five. Um, and I don't really know, you know, now he's 10. And so is that memory really clear or is it just because we were telling him about it or, you know, how did that all solidify in his mind? But he remembers that. So, um, yeah, so just waiting right now, just lots and lots of waiting and, um, there's not much you can do in the middle of all of it. So just biding our time until we get that first call and we'll see. So what advice do you have for people who are either waiting or they're about to start the process because, and they're going to be waiting? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would say try to get everything done as quickly as possible. Um, Allow the agency to help you as much as they are willing. Um, I know some people love to do it on their own. They want to go through all the paperwork and do all the steps and just let the, cause the agency is great at what they do. They are there for a reason and they know what's going on. So just let them help in any way that they can. Um, and you guys, you guys used Holt, Enter- Holt uh, Ministries, right? Yeah. Holt International. Yeah. Holt International. Yes. So yeah. we'll, put a link, we'll put a link to them in there too. Cause I know like, cause I know you guys had it, you know, it's not, ne- it's never perfect, but like 
such a good experience. Yeah, like they've yeah. been doing that for so long in China also. Yeah. They are amazing. Um, and I know that they um, <clears throat> have lots of other countries that are open. So it's not just China with Holt. But um, yeah, I just, we looked at other agencies when we were starting the process and just really felt like they were doing everything as above board as possible and as um, with so much integrity and just desire for kids to find homes, whether that's reunification in country, which they are also working with orphanages and um, foster families to reunify in country. Um, And we just, we find them to be an exemplary organization that really tries to, um, honor the kids and honor the, the families. So, um, yeah, we, I, I can't recommend them highly enough. They're pretty amazing. That's awesome. I think that's, I think that's good to know too, because that's usually one of the biggest challenges is who do you even yeah. decide yeah. Right. to go with? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have been around for forever and, uh, are just, they've, you know, pioneered a lot of adoption stuff, but also are just really um, real about the challenges. And, um, yeah, we have just felt infinitely cared for, um, both in the beginning and then after we brought Lewis home, um, with them. So that's really important. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, we're definitely going to have to have you on for another episode <laughs> yeah that'd be great I'd love that yeah yeah, yeah like, let us know please when you get oh yeah well we will definitely know a I, picture of a new little one I know well I remember when you you texted me a picture of Lewis yeah before like when you had you know found out and I was like yeah. oh my gosh and now like to see him being like four and you know he's been like it feels like he's always guys right he it really does honestly it's hard to remember a time when he wasn't here so yeah Yeah. good luck hanging there with the waiting yeah thank you thank you thank you so much for joining us you're welcome girls thanks for having me yeah all right your story yeah yep all right thank y'all for listening bye guys Bye. bye